What have you seen from Utah State on film that causes you concern? Uh, well, I think overall there's a lot of athleticism on the field. They play the game with a lot of speed. I think they're getting better from from week to week. I guess I guess to put it in one sentence, they're they're they have they're highly capable and highly motivated, and that's I think the most dangerous um, recipe when you're when you're going into play a team, particularly in a rivalry game. Use the hashtag CCBYU to send in questions for Ed Lamb. I know he particularly likes all of the emotional questions. Yeah, right. So he, all about feelings. And, yeah. <laughs> the meaning of life. Yeah. We're, we're going to get really in touch with our feelings today with Ed Lamb, the assistant head coach of BYU football. Uh, in all seriousness, Ed, I want to rewind to something I saw in the UMass game. Morgan Unga comes off the edge and blocks a punt. I think it might have been like with his thigh bone. I mean, mm. he was all over that punt. Yeah. You wanted to see explosive plays from your special teams like that. Uh, what happened on that play to, to allow Morgan to block the punt and kind of chipped momentum there? Yeah, well, uh, it was all blocked punts start with a little bit of pressure, particularly from the inside. Um, and uh, Kujay, uh, Johnny Tapasua, he did an excellent job of, of trying to penetrate through the line of scrimmage, kind of pulled their protection down to the inside. Um, Adam Pulsifer got to the next level, and he pulled their shield to the interior and so it just left a shorter edge there and it was it was by design it was something that we tried to go for all game and we felt like in studying UMass that they just had a few punts that lasted longer than they should the operation time lasted longer than they should by a couple of a tenths of a second and that makes a, a huge difference so the guys were geared up for it it was the actually the first um, the first week where we've emphasized a, a block uh, sending three or more guys toward the uh, pressure and Morgan, you know, Morgan did a great job keeping his body under control. It was what I always look for on a punt block. If the ball had not been blocked, would he have ran into or roughed the kicker? And, and he didn't. There's no need to do that. When guys come in there and they're jumping and they've got their hands way up in the air, that's just not the way to block punts. He had his hands extended out from his waist uh, horizontally, not vertically, had his feet under him, was able to run right through the block point, and he kept running. Had it taken a little different bounce, he would have scooped it up. So. By nature, special teams creates for some unsung heroes. So let's talk about some more of your special teams guys, and specifically Garrett Jurgens, who has been solid on the, on the punt return. I believe uh, going into last week's game, he was top 20 in the country in, in uh, punt return yards. What have you liked from Garrett Jurgens in his game as he's quietly been effective for you this year? Well, the number one thing for me in return games is getting the ball to the offense, and, and that's not a good way to start a conversation about Garrett and his, his impact. But um, I'll say that that's the thing I value most is he's really smart about catching the football. He has great concentration. In fact, two guys, one of our guys and one of the opponent's guys, ran into him while he was trying to make one of his punt catches this week, and he still fielded it cleanly. Um, excellent, excellent job by him. That's what he does first. We know that we're going to get possession to our offense, and so I, I really value that in his skill set and his concentration. And then, and then he's really he's patient too. You know, just some punt returners that they're, they're a little bit too self-centered. They take try to take it when it's not there. He does a good job of letting the guys work for him. He has a great feel for when it's set up. Uh, the difference between making a fair catch and and taking some pressure off of himself, and then getting up into the return. First question in using the hashtag CCBYU comes from Clint Larson at BYU Nut. He says, could you please ask Coach Lamb if they've ever thought of having Johnny Linehan drop kick a field goal? We have. You have, you have yeah. thought through that. That's, that's about as much uh, 
you know, as much detail as I would want to go into on that. I don't know why a fan would want to put that on the radio, but uh, it just, I'll just answer as honestly as I can, yeah. <laughs> okay. Send in your responses using the hashtag CCBYU with Ed Lamb, the associate head coach, excuse me, assistant head coach and a special teams coordinator. Uh, sticking with special teams, I know you want more explosion in the return game, specifically on kickoffs. How do you implement something like that uh, at this point of the season and hope to see major changes? Um, well, the, the kickoff always comes down to first it's got to have – got to have a strong-legged kicker that is willing to play the team game, right? A strong-legged kicker kind of practices his whole life to see if he can get it as a touchback or between the uprights. Um, but uh, Corey Edwards has done a terrific job of landing some between the, the one and the 10-yard line and out near the numbers where guys can really get down. And he put one yesterday. We, we usually put the ball – if we put it on the right hash, for example, then we'll kick it deep right – and vice versa. He put one on the left hash with the tee and then kicked it to the, the right numbers, which put the ball directly in the line of the sun, and their returner uh, fumbled it, uh, muffed it, and we were able to recover it down inside the five-yard line. So huge play right there, another turnover created on special teams. To the detail of factoring in weather and sun placement, that uh, that's impressive game yeah. preparation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got a lot of time to uh, prepare. We've got one game a week, and we should leave no, no stone unturned as far as the preparation. At what point or in, in what play are you most excited in a college football game? Like, when do you feel the strongest emotion to uh, to want to pull a Kalani Satake and chest bump somebody? You know, uh, you know, having been a head coach before and been involved offense, defense, special teams, to me it's, it's definitely the punt and the kickoff. Those guys that run 40 yards down the field and then make a tackle. You know, we have – in this in this day and age of of you know guys growing beards and mustaches to try to be manly, uh, there will be and they have never changed a tire in their life. There will be absolutely thousands of guys at turkey bowls this week throwing balls, catching balls, punting balls. But in terms of running 40 yards and making a full speed tackle, that only happens on game day, and that gets me fired up. <laughs> We're all that much more excited to play in our turkey bowls. Are, are you going to play in a turkey bowl this week, Coach? I'm done. I'm you're, done. You're done playing in turkey bowls. Yep. No we, more? Yep. Uh, no more I'll chances be, at torn ACLs and no, sprained ankles? spending some time with the family. I've had a lot of coaching friends that have coached with crutches and, and uh, scooters and things like that on the sideline, and I'm protecting myself. <laughs> Forward thinking. Yep. I, can, I can respect and appreciate that. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Utah State and uh, the Aggies. There are some tieovers there. Uh, one that comes to mind specifically is Dallin Levitt, a guy that played safety at BYU and has transferred up to Logan. And you have the experience of having gone against Southern Utah this year and, and the emotions that, that come with that. Uh, what is that like for a player uh, to go back and, and face uh, his old team? And I know you might not speak specifically because you're a coach now, but what, what is that like balancing that? Well, it was really. I'll just kind of put it more in my frame of reference from you know a couple of weeks ago with Southern Utah. There were some really strange moments where some of the Southern Utah boys were making plays, and I was genuinely happy for them and genuinely disappointed for, particularly when it was like on on the secondary or something. Um, I was disappointed for for me for allowing that to happen and coaching my butt off to make sure that we can make some adjustments during the game. And there were other times where it just you know maybe didn't affect. You know, when their defensive players say we're making plays and, and you know, it's a, I don't have a whole lot to do with our offense on a play-to-play -play basis. And so I was kind of enjoying the moment of uh, for those guys and with those guys on, on the T-Birds. The but then at the same time, I was just 100% focused on on uh, on our guys and BYU winning. And if somebody would have suggested that to me before the game, I'd have been like, no, you can't have those types of mixed emotions. But it was it was truly the, the definition of a mixed emotion. A learned experience for sure. Yes. Eight 
wins potentially for BYU in the regular season uh, if you can tie things up and uh, take care of business against Utah State. When you look at the whole schedule for 2016, top to bottom, and we rewind to before game number one, and I told you, hey, you're going to have eight wins this season. Um, what would you think about that? Honest, honestly, I don't. I hope it doesn't sound like coach speak because I, I can't stand coming off like that and hearing guys speak like that. But you work so hard every week that the thought of having one loss or four losses is a nightmare. And um, so, you know, I, I think I can I, – I definitely can appreciate what you're saying, maybe from a fan's perspective, to think, gosh, one of the toughest schedules in history, you got a chance to have eight regular season wins, push to nine on a bowl game. That would be a real success from a fan standpoint. I can understand somebody saying that, but from a coach and player standpoint – that is, that is, you're dying four times during the season with four losses. So uh, there's just too much preparation. You plan to win every game and expect to win every game. That's a very kind way of you saying, Spencer, I don't like that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's fair. But I appreciate the, uh, the answer from that, Coach. We're going to take a break here from JCW's in Provo, Utah. This is Coordinator's Corner on BYU Football's Facebook page via Facebook Live, BYU Cougars Periscope, and live on ESPN 960. Coming back with more questions for the assistant head coach, Ed Lamb, the finale of Coordinator's Corner. Stay with us. Hey, this is Chris from J The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar. Online at legendsolar.com. Let's get back out to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, at JCW's on ESPN 960 and the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Sitting in for Greg Rubel, I'm Spencer Linton. This is Coordinator's Corner live from JCW's. The Burger Boys in Provo, Utah with Ed Lamb, the assistant head coach of BYU football and special teams coordinator. I don't know how we didn't discuss this uh, in the opening segment. This is a gross oversight on my part, but Johnny Linehan's Oscar-nominated performance uh, for going down uh, as he was nipped on the maybe one of the cleats. This little piggy got hurt maybe. I, I don't know. What would you think about Johnny Linehan drawing the flag? I'm going to keep it on the straight. I thought it was beautiful follow-through. That's <laughs> the only way I can describe that. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he, he tweeted out this morning. People have been giving him a hard time. He said, I, I went to the dark side. I, I've had my card removed as a rugby player. I'm now just your typical punter. <laughs> no, he did exactly what he's supposed to do. Beautiful, beautiful leg extension, and he had balance through the kick point. I, I'm not going to go there as far as uh, any acting. What's your relationship like with Johnny Linehan, who is obviously a character and uh, puts himself out there quite a bit? Well, I, I have a high respect for Johnny because he, he does. He brings a lot of enthusiasm, a great sense of humor, a lot of energy to everything we do, practice and meetings. But he's, you know, there's always on a, any, any group of people, I, I think, there's some guys that, you know, get a little on the edge and try to keep it uh, lively, and he's one of those guys. But – um, I, I can certainly appreciate someone who has a sense of humor but understands when it's time to work and when it's time to get down to business, and he does a really good job of that. He, he takes his craft very seriously, works incredibly hard at it, and to have that kind of balance between sense of humor and have a good time and yet work hard is something that I have a lot of respect for. The kicking game overall has uh, kind of quietly been been really good. We knew Johnny was a good punter coming into this season, but uh, Red Almond and you go back to the beginning game with Jake Oldroyd, like the, the kickers overall uh, I think have exceeded expectations. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but what have you thought about the kickers overall? I think they're, they're so unselfish. You know, it's so easy as a kicker to set goals that are more about, more about your personal goals, right? But um, what happens is, like, if you chase – 
uh, for example, if you chase uh, punting yardage or you chase um, kickoff return defensive yardage, then there's there's a lot of decisions that a kicker can make that can put the team in a bad position. And to have an overall understanding of what it can mean to pin a team on a kickoff inside the 20-yard line by emphasizing hang time and placement rather than distance, or the same, the th- certainly the same thing occurs on punt. It occurs on in with our offense marching down the field. You know how how far we extend four down territory. It's not that we can't make a 50 plus yard field goal, but what are our odds of making a 50 plus yard field goal, and how does it compare to whatever fourth and distance that is? And to have an unselfish approach to special teams has really been it's been amazing by the whole special teams unit but our kickers have been really good about buying into the cause and i think as a total special teams unit i don't know that there's a better one in the country of having a a total unit of 30 or 40 guys that are working toward the team progress of average starting field position creating turnovers and limiting our own turnovers and penalties and then converting scores when we have the opportunity. How much time do you spend on a weekly basis going over the metrics and the numbers of things like that of average starting field position? Like, where, where does that factor into how you coach a game? Well, simply stated, those are our three goals. And every Monday I, on our first team meeting, I go over that with the whole team, the offense, defense, and the special teams. And, and the key factors are how did the special teams contribute to our average starting field position? This past week, for example, some people will, would wonder, well, how do you only outgame gain a team by 100 or 150 total yards, but beat them by a score of 52 to 9 or whatever the final was? Well, our average starting field position was our 45. Their average starting field position was their 24. That's a 25-plus yard difference. You take that, you extrapolate that over 14 possessions, and you're talking about over 350 yards of, of total offense is another way to phrase that. So that's how you end up dominating a game, and it takes a full offense, defense, special teams philosophy. Every team goes through injuries and the ups and downs and the emotions that go with, with that, but it feels like BYU in key positions with Jamal Williams and Squally Cannon. I mean, it, it required a scenario where Harvey Longy came back from his defensive line position and ran for two touchdowns at that, yeah. uh, but he was needed to play running back. Um, when did that become a reality that uh, Reno Mahe came knocking on the mm-hmm. defense's door and was like, hey, uh, can I have Harvey Longy to yeah. play running back? I think it takes a it takes a head coach with that kind of vision and open-mindedness, and it's really – you know, if the running back coach starts a, a conversation like that, it's, it usually doesn't go very well because you're taking away production <laughs> from another side of the ball. But, but over time, a head coach can really create a culture where that kind of talk is a safe zone, like you know, both both offense, defense, and special teams for that matter. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of our players, one of our running backs, I'm not going to say the name because it's injury-related, but he had a little bit of an injury last week on special teams. And there wasn't time for me as the coordinator to recognize – uh, the substitution necessary. It was during a practice situation, and so Reno put in another running back for that spot, which is really that's that's not his job, and that's that that's not the the correct thing to do unless I missed out. And and we have I think from a coaching staff we have a trust. So I missed the substitution. He made the substitution. I was able we were able to put eleven guys on the field and correct it from video and talk about you know moving forward what that substitution pattern would mean. That's what we have going, and it's a direct reflection of Kalani just being open minded and and experienced. I know you are uh, got Utah State on the mind this week, but because this is the regular season finale, uh, the Poinsettia Bowl looms on December 21st in San Diego. And uh, we've pinpointed four opponents potentially for you there in the Mountain West, uh, San Diego State, Wyoming, maybe a rematch with Boise State and Air Force coming in there. 
Do you scoreboard watch it all to, to try and see, like, I wonder who we're going to play? Is that of interest to you at all at this point? It would be. Again, you know, I put, I put myself – to answer this question, you know, I have to put myself in a fan's perspective, right, or, or an analyst like, like what you do, and, and that's your job. That's and, a scary thing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. But, but, no, as a coach and as a player, like, we're, you know, we're so focused on Utah State. And that's not, again, that's not coach speak. That's not, that's not team speak. That's just we have a team that wants to beat us, and we have to get this win. And there's nothing we can do about the opponent that we face, you know, from a fan's perspective. Certainly, yeah, we want to play the, the highest-ranked team with the most wins in the bowl game, and we want it to be as an, an exciting experience for our fan base and, and take on the best challenge we can. Hypothetically speaking, a rematch scenario with Boise State, would you prefer that as a coach because you have played them and have prepared against them leading up to that? The preparation would be completely different. Um, teams change so much from, from week to week. Uh, maybe completely this. is a strong word. It would be different enough that we would have to go through the entire process again. It's not as if we could say, well, hey, from a coaching standpoint, you just recycle that game plan, pull it back out, and change the date. It, it would have to be uh, starting from square one and going through every single step that we go through on a week-to-week -week basis. The excitement of, of having a chance to, I guess you'd say, avenge a loss, that would be, that would be really exciting for our players and, and our, and our um, fans and hopefully our coaches. Everybody would just get excited about that scenario. Use the hashtag CCBYU to send in your questions for Ed Lamb, the assistant head football coach at BYU and special teams coordinator. We're going to take another break right now from JCW's in Provo, Utah. Coming back with more. Put your hands together for Ed Lamb, Wherever, whether you're in the car or in the restaurant. Uh, the man's doing work with us on a Monday <laughs> afternoon. Stay with us. When it comes to The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar, a SunPower Elite dealer. Let's get back to JCW's and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on ESPN 960 in the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Sitting in for Greg Rubel, I am Spencer Linton. This is Coordinator's Corner, live at JCW's in Provo, Utah. Glad to have everyone with us on BYU Football's Facebook Live, Periscope, and ESPN 960. Uh, just wrapping up some conversation with assistant head coach Ed Lamb and special teams coordinator. Coach, I just mentioned to you before the break, this is the 40th birthday of the movie Rocky. And uh, I'm fascinated that that movie is that old. When, but you said when you watch it, it kind of all hits home. Like, yeah, that, it's, it's pretty retro, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not up on my daily Rocky trivia. Thanks for sharing that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, when, when I've seen the movie, every time I see it, I'm like, man, that, is, that, that movie's so much older than I remember in my mind. So, you know, I don't know about that, but I am proud to say I have I have ran up the steps in Philly and, and uh, yeah, recreated the Rockies' famous run, and that was a big thrill. I think everybody needs to do that at some point, right? Yeah, what, what else is there <laughs> in Philadelphia? I don't know. Uh, very underrated sense of humor does Ed Lamb have here on Coordinator's Corner. We need, you need your own comedy show. Can we start that? Can we do that in the off season? Can we tap into that? Uh, you got to be careful with that stuff. Man. I'm going to purposely go dry on you and start talking like that. <laughs> I've got a job. Love my job. <laughs> we'll be joined with uh, Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator, uh, in just a moment. But Coach, BYU has made a habit of winning in November uh, at home, and we'll get into the specifics of that uh, with quite, quite a stack coming up here in just a little bit. But how important is it for – BYU to to finish the regular season unbeaten in November at home and and to go into the bowl game having won four straight. 
Finish is not something that we talk about on a multi-game basis with the players, but you're you're 100% right. To any any time in my experience where a team has finished a season strong, um, that that really tends to lead to great things in the next season because it takes your the momentum goes right into the off season, and hopefully as coaches we can we can help remind them of the ways that we finished we can finish strong remind them of those ways set the table for off-season strength conditioning a great spring practice and the guys enjoy football when they're winning so hopefully we can just keep some momentum rolling and and win this week and beyond and and win in the off-season at some point you're going to be asked when this season is over after the bowl game looking back on it what was what was the best win that BYU had and that's an interesting question because you can look at so many different factors. How do you define best? Yeah. Um, you still have Utah State in the bowl game ahead, but through 11 games, what would you say is uh, maybe the best win, however you would define that? Oh, gosh, that, that, is, that is a tough question. There's, so I'll, I'll define it as, you know, I think so often for a new coaching staff, a new head coach, the important thing is to establish immediate credibility and to win the first game in the fashion that we did. We controlled the ball on offense, took, took uh, really our offense, helped our defense in that first game. We made plays on defense and kept the score down low. The special teams were involved in pinning and, and made clutch plays at the end. Coach Shataki made some great calls on, on managing those final few seconds, getting us down into field goal range. I think the whole team at that point said, okay, we can do this. We've got a competent coaching staff. We've got great players. Let's roll. And I think that that toughness, that mental toughness that we created in the first game, really at the point where we were one and three, nobody ever flinched. And there was still a lot of confidence in each other. And there was never any doubt about who Coach Shitake was and his, you know, his authenticity, his sincerity, and his, his capability. I think our team had no questions. Interesting that you say that because uh, we just spoke with ESPN's Trevor Maddich earlier this week, and he said the same thing, the Arizona game to, yeah, to set the precedent and just the overall complete game. So it, most people, I think most fans would look at say, oh, Michigan State, that was as close to a complete game, or Mississippi yeah. State, look what they did to Texas A&M. But uh, this, is, this is a testament to how coaches view – uh, the game from start to finish. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on a new coaching staff. You want to deliver. Every, every, our whole goal is just to make those guys successful and do everything we can for it. And so to start off it with a win was just so gratifying for us as coaches, a big relief, really. Three straight home games to finish, and uh, the BYU fans have shown up nicely against Southern Utah uh, and against UMass. Saturday night, 8-15 kick. When you walk into Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the final game of uh, your homecoming season if you will um, what do you think that uh, the atmosphere is going to be like and and how do you how do you feel the locker room will be for uh, the departing seniors for the one last time to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium I think it'll be it'll be somewhat emotional, somewhat special. We'll try to big that up during the practice week and talk about it. Hey, this is your last Monday, your last Tuesday of a regular season experience. Enjoy that. Enjoy the game itself. I think the you know there needs to be a call to the underclassmen anytime it's the final home game for the seniors. The underclassmen need to bring a lot of energy early to support them, but also to to carry them. You know, as as the seniors kind of feel their way into that game and and let. Football is not played well emotionally, and that's one of the things I think Coach Satake does really well is, you know, for him it's not about this 48-hour countdown to this do-or-die situation. It's about having fun with the game. And so if the seniors are a little, you know, emotional going into the game and have a lot of thoughts, mixed emotions going on about their last game, hopefully the underclassmen can step up and play really well and carry us early in the game to a great start. How much fun has this season been for you? 
it's a blast to be at a place that I consider home and, and that was so instrumental in, in my development and my life. And to be here representing BYU, it's a lot the same feeling I had as a player. There's a, there's a tremendous responsibility because you inherit a tradition, a strong tradition, and then you feel the, the pressure to uphold that. And that's a pressure that I think every athlete or every competitor, they, they love that, that kind of pressure, and I've enjoyed it immensely. One final question coming in using the hashtag CCBYU for Ed Lamb. What is your favorite uniform combination? We've got to get one of those in, right? Really? <laughs> we know uh, the, how much emphasis you put on style and, yeah. and looking the part. Um, okay, so I, I think that the helmet and the pants should always match. Okay. I think those are the sharpest uniforms in football. I think when the helmet and the pants are a different color, it just doesn't have the, the type of balance that, uh, that that I feel is necessary. So I, I would I, I call it a tie between any of those uniforms where our helmet and pants match, regardless of what the color of the top is. There you go. Hey, we saved the most important question for last, right? Yeah, that was a struggle for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, great to have you with yeah. us. We appreciate the time as always, and uh, best of luck against Utah State. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, Ed Lamb, assistant head football coach at BYU and the special teams coordinator. Dropping knowledge on style and uh, also on Johnny Linehan's beautifully executed Oscar-nominated performance uh, of, of the punt. We're coming back to JCW's with Maury Lysa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator, will join us right after this break. Stay with us. Congratulations on... The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar, a SunPower Elite dealer. Let's get back to JCW's and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on ESPN 916, the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Sitting right. in for Greg Rubel, I am Spencer Linton. We welcome all of you BYU football fans back to the regular season finale of Coordinator's Corner live from JCW's in Provo, Utah, on Facebook Live from the BYU Facebook page. That of the football team, BYU Cougars Periscope, and live on ESPN 960. We already spoke with Ed Lamb, the assistant head coach and special teams coordinator. Lots to discuss there between a blocked punt, Johnny Linehan's flop that uh, earned a, a much a well-deserved 15-yard penalty to extend a drive, and uh, some style questions for uh, the, the emotional Ed Lamb. Now with us on headset is the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. Coach, always tough to follow up Ed Lamb. Are you ready for the challenge today? No. Just put him back on. Let me take the wings back. <laughs> Fair enough. He need, he's got his food. He's, he's ready to go. He earned that today. Uh, a lot of exciting plays happened uh, in that BYU-Mass game defensively, and I want to start with uh, Francis Bernard's pick six, which in my, in my opinion I felt like, okay, UMass is, is deflated now. Um, because of the, the momentum shift that, that happens on a play like that. What did you see on that play that, that allowed France to make that play, and then, and then how did it feel to you after? Um, so we, we went into the, to the game um, having a, sp a specific check against that formation, and um, it wasn't working early. Obviously, they ended up moving the ball, and so we checked it and changed it up. We were a little bit more aggressive and came after it, and, um, you know, he was just in the right place at the right time and did the, the technique perfectly, and, you know, Butch uh, pressure pressure him off the other edge, and and uh, you know if you're a quarterback getting hit all day, then you want to just get rid of the ball. And, and he was he was just in the right place at the right time. And the you know proud of the way that that they uh, you know did the drill too. Was they basically intercepted it, blocked the what would have been intended a receiver. Um, everybody blocked upfield, and there weren't any blocks below the waist. I mean, we didn't have any penalties. Bring it back, and so 
it was just good to see those guys execute it that way. Yeah, it was good to have Butch Pau back, and you needed him. Uh, maybe not have preferred to play him because he's still nursing some things, but Harvey Long is switched on to the offensive side. So uh, nice that if you move Harvey to run the ball that uh, you have some solid linebackers yeah, back there. Yeah, those guys, I mean, having Butch back was huge, and, you know, Adam Pulsifer um, came in and, and took some snaps as well and did a really good job. So uh, proud of the way that they stepped up and played. I think everybody wants to know what does the future hold uh, immediately at the Utah State game for Harvey Longy, who has uh, been an integral part of your team on the defensive line, has uh, seen some reps at linebacker as well. What, what can we expect from him this week? You know, I think um, <clears throat> we've just got to do what's best for the team, depending on, um, you know, uh, Jamal coming back and, and his health and their rotation. And, you know, KJ's done a really good job uh, running the ball. And so I think uh, as Kalani makes that decision, um, we're all on board with it uh, defensively. If we end up using him, then great. Then if he's on the offensive side, he's still helping the team. And so, um, I to so in answer to your question, I don't really know for sure yet. We're, we'll meet today and figure it all out. But uh, you know, I, he's just adds so much value to your team, whether he's playing D end or backer or, or running back. And it's it's good to see him uh, do do all three of those. What's that like as uh, the defensive coordinator to see a guy like Harvey Longy score a couple of touchdowns against UMass? I, I was really excited for him. You know, I think the whole team was excited for him to see him get back in and run the ball. And, you know, obviously he has a, he's had a history uh, as a running back. But uh, just, you know, overall happy for the kid, really happy for him and his future. I think you come in as an NFL scout and, and you see a big physical kid that can move that well and play all these different positions and also have the, the attitude to step in and uh, where you're needed and play. And I think it just adds value to you as a, as a player going to the next level. Sure, his versatility on the defensive line Absolutely. at linebacker as a running back, uh, it doesn't hurt his prospects of playing yeah. at the next level, that's for sure. We're with Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator for BYU football. This is Coordinator's Corner live from JCW's. 51-9, to nine, but it was kind of a weird first half. Uh, you hold UMass to nine points in the first half, uh, get a late touchdown to go up 14-9, to nine, but then rattle off 37 unanswered. It was 44 unanswered overall. Uh, what, in your mind, what changed for your team uh, to really allow the separation, specifically in the second half? Um, you know, Galani, Galani talked to them about, uh, you know, coming out with more, more passion and energy in the second half and, you know, I don't think that they're necessarily really flat, but we weren't as energetic as as we um, expect them to be. And they came out and played hard, but also um, the kids did a great job just making making adjustments. And I'm sure they did the same thing on offense, but defensively, the adjustments that we made and going from a little bit more um, coverage-oriented defense to um, pressure and and uh, man coverage defense is really what uh, what changed for us on the defensive side. So. It was, I mean, it was all the kids. They, they did a really good job with that. What's life like on a headset for a, a football coach during a game? Very few people experience that. What What is that <laughs> like, trying to organize all of that chaos? <laughs> trying to figure out whose fault it was. Who's, whose fault is that? Who's missing your game? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good. And, you know, I've been on the headset with several different coaches now and a couple of different head coaches. And so it's, uh, it's really cool to see um, just – head coach personalities as well as just uh, you know what what other coaches add and you know ed lamb is a, is a really really big part of the defense and i mean i don't i don't know where we'd be without him because he's 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 so smart he's um really calm and collected and and uh you know i think his background coming as a head coach just gives us a lot more value having two, having two head coaches on that side and galani's been great too with uh you know allowing us to to 
you know, run the defense, but still give his uh, his input, you know, and, and uh, he obviously he adds a lot of value just because of what he's done and what he's been through. So it's uh, – I don't, I don't. I don't know how to explain it, but it's. It's everything's good on our side of the ball. I think it's clear that Ed Keel is uh, the even keel guy, right? Ed Lamb. Oh, sorry, Ed Lamb. Yeah. Not Ed Keel. I'm sure Ed, Ed Keel is too. I don't really Ed know. Ed Keel him, is though. actually pretty emotional. <laughs> <laughs> but Ed Lamb is uh, the even keel guy. He, he's he's really 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 good coach. Yeah. Who is the most emotional of uh, the coaching staff? Oh, I think it would have to come from somebody on the offensive side. Maybe Steve Clark, I think. I don't know. I'm not on the offensive side, but I would imagine just from knowing knowing all the coaches, probably him. On the defensive side, we're all a bunch of just lame guys. Just We're all about business and, you know, keeping our emotions in check and making sure that we're doing the right thing for the kids. But it's, uh, I don't know, maybe on the defensive side, Steve Gafusi gets pretty fired up when he's, you know, when he's coaching his guys. What do you want to see from your defense specifically against Utah State? Because you always talk about, well, we want to, we just want to get better. We want to see progress. Well, this is the last regular season game, unbelievably, uh, BYU 7-4. and four. So what are you hoping to see from your team on Saturday in terms of getting better? Um, you know, we, we went back, watched, watched the game. There's a lot of missed tackles. So I think, uh, you know, schematically the kids are, are pretty uh, tuned in to what we do. Um, but – Making the improvements schematically and technically is really what you'd like to see. You'd like to see them just play a really good technical game where, you know, the D-line are playing with hands, they're getting off blocks and pressuring the quarterback. The corners are playing with good feet and good eyes, and so are the backers. And so I think um, for us to stay, take the next step forward, it's really us playing with really good technique. That's going to be the thing for us. In rivalry games, you generally get your opponent's best. And, and BY, for BYU, in, a, in basically every case, you get most opponent's best because it's, it's easy to get up when you're playing against the stretch Y and get excited about that. This is their bowl game, speaking of Utah State, because they will not qualify for the postseason. Um, and this is their chance to, to end the season and get some momentum for that program moving forward. What do you expect from Utah State when they take the field against you on Saturday, it'll, it'll be that they'll like you're saying we'll we'll get their best shot. You know, there's still uh, several teams on that, uh, several players on that team that I that I recruited, and that are still there. And so I know that know a lot of the kids, know the coaches there, and coached with a couple of the guys. And so, um, you know, it'll be it'll be a heated rivalry um, game, just like you'd expect. You expect them to come out. You know, they've they've lost a lot of close ones too, um, with just a lot of a lot of uh, points scored and. A lot of points given up, and so they're they're definitely a capable team of putting up points. We gotta we gotta keep them down. What do they do on film offensively that uh, catches your attention right away? Um, a lot of QB run game. You know, last couple of weeks we haven't faced a quarterback that can run, but this kid runs, and they have runs that are built in for him specifically to to go. And so, you know, you've got to play uh, an aggressive style of defense and. You know, take a guy out of the post instead of covering and bring him down and, and take care of the quarterback run game. And so I think that's the really the thing that stuck out the most so far from watching film. But they're doing a lot of the same stuff that uh, they were doing when I was on offense coaching there, coaching the running back. So um, very familiar with their, with their offense. Use the hashtag CCBYU to ask Coach Tuiaki questions on Coordinator's Corner. This one was submitted to Ed Lamb earlier, but it's so good I want to ask you about <laughs> it as well. And that's Johnny Linehan and uh, the the punt that uh, all of a sudden became a 15-yard penalty because of an Oscar-nominated performance on his end. What did you see on the field from Johnny? 
I mean, he's he did what you were supposed to do, right? Hold your leg out there and, and uh, take the charge. And so <laughs> I thought he did a really good job. I didn't see it until we watched film this morning. And I stood up and applauded. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's hard not to. And it's fun to see great. a guy like that succeed because, uh, as Ed Lamb told us, he, he takes his craft very seriously. So as much of a goofball as he is, even during the game or photobombing Kalani after every game, yeah. um, what do you see from him that fans don't see? He works hard. He does. He works hard at his craft, and he takes pride in it. Um, you know, there was a there was a third down where we were saying, you know, punt team, get ready, and he's sta- I'm standing next to him, and then the offense converts, and he goes, dang it. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's a good thing, but he just wants to get out and play. But uh, he's, he's a competitive kid and obviously takes, takes punting very seriously and is really good at it. All right, we're with Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator for BYU football. We're going to take another break here at JCW's Coordinator's Corner. Continues live in Provo, Utah, right after this. This one. Go ahead. Rewind to November 19th, 2005 for our IM Flash flashback. That was the last time BYU lost a home game in November. It's been 11 years and now 18 straight wins. So you may be saying, I thought these were supposed to be good memories of the I am, I am Flash. Well, it is. 11 years of BYU winning home games in the month of November, 18 straight. Utah State will present opportunity at 19 in a row this Saturday night at 8.15 local time, mountain kickoff uh, with Greg Rebell on the call. We're with Eliza Tuiaki as part of Coordinator's Corner, live from JCWs. Uh, let's go right there, uh, continuing on with that thought. 19 in a row potentially at home in November for BYU football, and it's every coach views you know finishing strong differently, but what would it mean to win four in a row going to the bowl game in San Diego? You know, I, I think Ed, uh, Ed Lamb hit on it pretty well, but that, that's impressive. I didn't know that. That's really impressive. Um, you know, winning games late, especially when guys start getting hurt and all that stuff, I mean, um, I, th- I think that's a that's a great accomplishment, but uh, it, it would mean a lot for us, you know, um, really to tell you that you're on the right track. That obviously the the, the having the, the taste of winning and <clears throat> going into the off season and and doing all those things, uh, you know, as you prep for the next year is, is going to be huge, especially with a lot of the guys that we got coming back. I think it'll uh, be be good for us to do that. You mentioned that Utah State likes to run the quarterback and. Uh, this is something that your defensive guys have seen in practice plenty, I'm sure, uh, going up against Taysom Hill and and even Tanner Mangum at times on the scout team. So how much do you expect them to try and mix things up? Because this is their final chance for in terms of trick plays and bringing everything out. I, I think you'll see everything. I think you'll see several trick plays and, you know, the things that we probably haven't seen in, in, in the past as much, you know, with an imposter quarterback, a wildcat quarterback. I mean, just – we're, we're expecting everything, and so we're, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be prepared for it, and we'll definitely make sure that the kids are ready for it. Understandably, there have been a number of notable stars on your defensive uh, – in the defensive starting 11, led by the linebackers, Butch Powell, Fred Warner, Francis Bernard. They've made a lot of the highlight plays. Who's one of the unsung heroes that has uh, kind of been just a go-to-work guy that's, that's done exactly what he has been asked to do that doesn't get a ton of credit? You know the the two young freshman corner um, corners are, have been impressive for me the last uh, several games. They show up and work, and you know they do a really good job. And um, you know they're kind of quietly just kind of doing their deal. But I, you know, the D line never they, they never get enough credit. You know I've I've mentioned it before that nobody disrupts the timing of a quarterback more than a D line, defensive lineman. And 
you know, all those guys do a really good job. Cy, I think he's gotten a little bit in the limelight and, you know, kicked out a couple games for targeting all that stuff. But he's been really impressive. Um, the, the progress of those, all the interior D tackles, I mean, those guys have done a really good job and they look like, like different guys. I mean, um, guys that I, you know, <clears throat> didn't think were going to contribute as much, guys like Kesney Tausinga are playing playing lights out, you know, playing really good technique and being disruptive. And Tomasi Lavlile, we moved permanently inside, and I think that he's got a bright future there as well, playing D-tackle. He's a really explosive explosive athlete. You brought up the freshman cornerbacks, uh, Troy Warner and, and Diane Lake. When they have perhaps overachieved or have performed well this early in the careers, what's the ceiling for guys like that? You know, the, they, they, they become smarter as, as they continue to play the game. They get bigger and stronger and, you know, weigh a little bit more, and that adds more to their confidence and making tackles and all that stuff. But they're already confident now. They show up to, to the run and, and make tackles. And so, I mean, guys like that are just going to, you know, obviously get better and better, and, and we're excited to have them for the next, you know, three years. Uh, and I think that it's going to be gonna be huge for us to continue to get a couple corners that can help and, you know, a um, couple corners that end up moving to safety. I don't know if you know Coach Lamb talked to you about our recruiting philosophy with getting corners and moving them to safety. But that's uh, you know we're we're excited that we get those guys back and and uh, you know the development of the younger kids like you know Chris Wilcox and he's gotten torched a lot early and you know taking his lumps. <laughs> you know it was good to see Isaiah Armstrong come in. I mean those guys all you know Isaiah's going to have two years left. Chris is going to have three years left, and so. The ceiling for that group is is really, really, it's really uh, going to be fun to watch. And Gennaro Guilford does a good job with him. That's a lot to ask of an 18-year-old kid to uh, throw him out there against West Virginia's receivers <laughs> and say, hey, they're yeah. really good, but, uh, yeah. you know, do your thing. It's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, th- those guys do a really good job. And, you know, they, they've been tested, obviously, and, you know, challenged. And, and uh, the message to them is, you're going to lose some, you're going to win some, but we're not going to change the way that we play. We're going to challenge and we're going to get up in their face and D-line are going to get to the quarterback and, and that's the way it's going to be. So um, if you want to play zone and back up, you need to transfer and go somewhere else because we're going to be up in your grill and you're going to play. I learned some things about the defensive line uh, via a nice little story I saw over the weekend, uh, notably Corbin Kafusi and his ability to dance and do the worm. And uh, Handsome <laughs> That's Tan- a big worm right there. I know, right? At 6'9", <laughs> it's amazing to watch it happen. Handsome Tanielu uh, being very popular with the ladies on, on social media. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> you better you have a name like that, right? <laughs> that kind of goes with it, right? <laughs> So uh, the characters and the personalities that are in, involved on a team always intrigue me because everyone is so different. They are. And you've got to get them all to gel and come together as one of one mindset. Um, maybe that's yeah, the greatest challenge that coaches face is, is trying to get so many personalities on the same page. Uh, but what, what has that challenge been like for you in year one as the defensive coordinator? It's, it's been a good challenge. It's been a fun challenge, you know. Um, it, I don't think that we've ever had any problem with kids buying in. It's just, you know, um, getting them getting them to do it uh, correctly majority of the time instead of just sometimes is, I think, the biggest thing. But, I mean, they've, they've all bought in and, you know, they're all trying hard and, and uh, want to be better. And, you know, they all know that every job's up for grabs every week. And, you know, the, especially at the D-line spot where they're all playing so well, you know, the – we, we've started several different guys. I think there's one D tackle that's probably been consistent, Logan Tyler, but the other guys are rotating through, and they're all fighting for the starting job, and they know that it's fair and the best guy is going to play. And so I think, uh, you know, it's th- th- those guys, it's really been them doing a really good job and buying into what we've asked them to do. Travis Tuiloma 
has been an integral part of BYU football, and, and uh, he's meant a lot to the program. Obviously disappointed because he's he's done for the year and, he, and he's out with another injury. Handsome Taniello wore his number and his jersey uh, in honor of that last Saturday against UMass. What do you think fo- the future of football holds for a guy like Travis Tuiloma? Has had injury concerns, but clearly is uh, an elite level football player. You know, um, I th- I think the team that that takes a chance on him um, is going to be a, is going to be a team that's going to be re- rewarded uh, very well because he is he's a good player. He's just you know, um, I think under certain circumstances, we'd probably leave him out a little bit longer. But uh, I think that he's got a bright future in, in, in the in the league once uh, somebody takes a chance on him and lets him get healthy. Okay, let's finish with this. Four potential opponents in the bowl game, we think. Uh, San Diego State, Air Force, Wyoming, or potentially a rematch with Boise State. I am intrigued by a potential rematch with a team that you played so closely on their turf in a neutral site. What are your feelings about about a rematch, possibly with a team like Boise State? I want a rematch. <laughs> you want a rematch, straight up? Well, yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Uh, hey, I want a I'm rematch, man. I'm with you. Yeah, put the gloves back on. Let's go. We're going <laughs> rematch right now. This you got a, me last time. This is an MMA fighter saying <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, I don't want. No, I don't want none of that, coach. <laughs> Great stuff on uh, Coordinator's Corner with uh, Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb. We wish you the best of luck uh, senior day against Utah State. And speaking of emotions and, and trying to keep those things in check, that's that's gonna be it's gonna be tough on Saturday to, to watch those seniors play their final game at home. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, they they deserve everything good that's coming to them, and you know, I, I think all the younger kids, the underclassmen, are excited to give them their their best efforts uh, on their last day here at. Uh, at the stadium, so. Okay, you have uh, two homework assignments. One, you need to go talk to Corbin Kafusi and ask him to see the worm. Okay. Okay? All right. You won't be disappointed by that. That's okay. And secondly, just tease handsome Taniello and his social media prowess, okay? <laughs> that needs to happen. That needs he to be He doesn't say up. one word in meetings, and then all of a sudden he's a social media right, guy. I need to have seconds. a talk with him. <laughs> <laughs> see? I'm glad that I could benefit you somehow right, so you have more material for your meetings. <laughs> Coach, best of luck against Utah State. Appreciate it. Thank you. We, uh, we wish you the best getting to 8-4 and four on the season. BYU-Utah State Saturday night from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 10-15 Eastern, 8-15 Mountain. Greg Wabell will be on the call. From JCW's, this has been Coordinator's Corner with Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki. I am Spencer Linton. For every member of our crew who have worked very hard, uh, we'll see you next time.